Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy. I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are the managing director of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Ann. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. So good. It's still... Uh... Groundhog Day here in the United States. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. yeah. Except uh, over here in uh, Philly and most of the East Coast, the summer has arrived with a vengeance. It's ah. hot. My glasses are fogging up from the humidity. It's mm. just, you know, I look at you guys with your 60 degrees up there in the yep. Northwest thinking, hmm, bust out the fleece. Anyway. Indeed. <laughs> We're having a good time. It's nice and cool. Yeah, well, speaking of good times, let's tell our listeners why we launched a new show and why a new show about venture capital. Okay. Well, when we announced our intention to form the Sibylla Masters Fund in 2018, we decided we weren't going to go off half-cocked. Instead, we took the time to look pretty deeply into the world of venture capital, and it took us a good two years to pull it all together. Uh, just as, you know, when we were entrepreneurs on the other side of the table, as our friend who blogs on both sides of the table would say, uh, that's Mark Suster, we found a lot of opacity and complexity. Um, And and a lot of things that, frankly, just didn't make sense. I agree. I agree. So, for example, last week we talked about IRR, this internal rate of return. On the surface, it's bunk. But digging more deeply into that subject, we found that IRR is actually an excellent tool to use, as our friend Barbara Clark would say, you know, boil things down to the bottom line. Our problem with IRR was, and it remains, that some VCs are using this internal rate of return number to tout how well they're doing and thereby attract new investments. Now, there's a problem with that. IRR is not an indication that investors will get a good return on their investments in the end at all. Right, It's a different kind of tool. So if you haven't listened to it, go listen to that show, folks. But until and unless there's a happy exit right, for the portfolio company, it makes no difference to the investor if that company returns an even extraordinary high IRR to the fund. Right, It doesn't matter. The lessons of 2001, 2009, and 2020 has taught us, if nothing else, that the world can and does go to hell in a handbasket fairly regularly. So during those times, seemingly brilliant winners can become worthless in a blink of an eye and the other way around. So IRR has its value. We learned not to take everything at face value. We asked hundreds, if not thousands, of really dumb questions until the answers revealed a more complete truth behind what really goes on in those hallowed decision-making halls of venture capital firms. Indeed, a more complete truth, and we'll, we're still learning. I, for one, have plenty more dumb questions. <laughs> yes, we will continue to answer dumb questions here for yeah. years to come. <laughs> this show is for investors and entrepreneurs alike. We promise to rip the opaque lid off conventional venture capital and show you how it works. And there you have it, folks. So, what should we tackle this week, Jillian? 
Well, and let's keep on track with that uh, definitions of terms and a deeper understanding of whatever they are and how they work, right? You tossed out this term structured debt the other day. Actually, or actually structured, structured exit, right? Structured, structured exit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Let's have a look at that. Well, actually, we heard about structured structured exit from our good friend, Bobby Kershon, who's an angel investor, and she introduced us to her friend, David Gitlin, who presented the concept to the Angel Capital Association some years ago, five to be exact. Uh, David is a partner at Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfield right here in Pennsylvania, an outside Philly, as a matter of fact. David talks about a concept that is exceedingly close to what we're doing at the Master's Fund, but he has some language around it that uh, really resonated with with us. And so I thought it would be uh, a time to uh, maybe bring this to light and discuss about how one might adopt uh, a language that speaks more clearly to the people we want to listen. Now, Mm -hmm. before we go any further, you'll note I said angel investors. That's because the structured exit was a concept being put before the angels as a path to earlier liquidity. We'd like to take this concept and apply it to a venture capital fund, which is what we call venture debt financing. And there are nuances we can explain here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We learned over the years that almost all angels have really a very low ROI. Many never make back anything from whatever they invested. They're just out of money, right? So a few luck out. They get into very high-value projects that go the distance, right? And the averages are not the mean, right? An average takes everybody who lost money and everybody who made money, right? And and you average it up. That doesn't really tell you what the average experience is for almost all investors. Now, this is actually the same in the venture capital world, right? Only about 4% of VC companies return a significant ROI fund for the whole game. Now, their outsized returns are much more like Vegas Jack than stock market type investments. They both have an element of luck. Both require an element of, if you will, knowledgeable decision making before you bet, which in the venture capital world is the investment, right? So angels get in even earlier into these deals than VCs do. So the time it takes to get to the finish, which is a happy exit with a nice return on investment, right? Should they even get one, by the way, of course, right? That could be well over a decade. If you tie up your capital for 10 to 15 years, it means you can't reinvest that capital or use it for any other purpose for that entire time. Now, combining the illiquidity with the high risk of the asset class makes VC investing, and specifically angel investing, of course, one of the highest risk investments you'll ever make. Yeah, the long and short of it is that the term structured exit is an ex excellent way to describe how investors receive returns from their investments in venture debt funds. We've actually adopted the terminology for the master's fund because we are big fans of clarity and transparency as witnessed in this show. Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) Now, Jillian, let's unpack this and sort through what a structured exit means and what value it brings to investors and entrepreneurs alike. Okay. 
about five years ago, I think 2015, right? Counting on my fingers on one hand. Yeah, that would be uh-huh. five years ago. <laughs> Marianne Hudson was writing in Forbes and she wrote about the concept of a structured exit. And she used some terms that I thought were worth discussing. Um, demand dividends and equity mandatory redemptions, which she said are similar because they're set up like royalty payments and typically paid monthly after cash is received. So it takes an angel just a few years to regain the original investment. Uh, Sometimes payouts are capped so that your return payments to you or the investor are completed after you receive a certain amount of cash above and beyond your investment. That's a demand dividend deal. It can be structured to include no cap on the investor's return. Yeah, absolutely. We should dig into the definition so you can see the differences here. It's a little harder when you're only hearing it rather than looking at it, right? So we have um, at the Master's Fund, for example, and the venture debt that we use says that what we engage in is, again, an acquisition of uh equity or stock in a company and in exchange for growth capital. That is what VCs do. It's growth capital. It's not designed for just general operations, just so everybody keeps that in mind. Now, when you obtain VC funding, you're always exchanging shares of your company uh, stock, right, in exchange for cash. It's really that simple. VCs are buying shares in your company. Yep. So far, so good. Okay. So the basis is very simple. Now, you add subtleties, right? And that's the key to making investment work well for both the investors and the entrepreneurs alike. If all you do is have a VC company pick up your equity, they have to wait until you sell or have an IPO in order to have an exit, right? Now, the basis of my interest in working with venture debt and yours, Anne, I know, is that venture equity serves a very small sliver of all the companies that ever receive venture funding at all, right? It serves them very, very well. But for the other 96% and change, right, of those companies that do receive this conventional VC funding, right, it doesn't serve them so well. They're not returning an ROI to the fund, and the fund doesn't serve those companies well because it doesn't reinvest in them, for example, right? And in that way, it's kind of a signal nobody else should, and, you know, it makes it difficult to raise the next rounds and so on. It's highly unlikely that those companies of the 96-plus percent will survive, thrive, and have exits to return anything to investors. So not good for investors, not good for entrepreneurs. 80% of all of those companies die, right? Modulating this basic VC agreement is a good option that folks really ought to know about. So the structured debt agreement, or excuse me, structured exit agreement says, uh, I'm an individual at the angel stage, or we're a VC fund at a somewhat later stage. We're providing capital to grow your company at different stages of the game, right? We're going to take the stock, but the stock is serving essentially as collateral, if you will. What you have is a structured buying back of that stock over time. The company hands out, say, 100 shares of stock, and it starts buying them back one or two or three at a time. If you have a revenue share model, 
then it's based on the revenue that the company makes. Let's say the company gets 100,000 bucks per month in uh, gross revenues or adjusted gross revenues or whatever you've decided is going to suit the terms of these agreements. Got to be good for the investor and good for the entrepreneur. Right? We're not going to kill the company to pay back investors. We're not going to hold the investors hostage on the grounds that the company must exit. With all of those things, right? We take a look at a structured exit based on a revenue share model. And I okay. say, we so, better take a break and do that later. Well, well, we'll dig into the nuances and details of structured exits after a break from our sponsors. This is VC Confidential, and we'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are talking about what you as an investor, advisor, or entrepreneur need to know about venture capital. Before the break, we opened the conversation about structured exits. The concept was raised five years ago by David Gitlin, a Philadelphia attorney, as a better way for angels to get their capital out of investments. Uh, My main question is why let the angels have all the fun. But before that, (laughs) I think we need to go back and talk about some of the terminology, too, that we were just introducing before the break. Uh, For example, um, the terms such as demand dividends, equity mandatory redemptions, and so forth, and even just the term itself of a structured exit, which you did talk about as we went into break. But you want to recap that real quick? 
You bet. So um, the concept is that a venture capital company is going to buy stock from your company in exchange for capital or cash, right, to grow your company to the next level. So far, so good. The problem lies in that very few companies will actually exit and return a return on investment. In other words, more money to the investors than uh, they brought in. Uh, those that do can be huge and outsized, and that is the use of venture capital. But it isn't designed for everybody. So venture debt is a term that we say uh, serves a much broader group of companies, including companies that might remain privately held throughout the entire lifetime of the corporation. Okay. It enables investors to get paid back, not only their original investment, but then a higher return on that investment. In other words, the returns that one expects, right? And returns that would be commensurate with the risk of this asset class, and they don't disturb the life or the health of the company to do so. In other words, the company does not have to sell or go public in order to provide those returns. So, Demand dividends. Um, that would be our dividend model. We talk about that uh, in our master's fund as well. But let's put that aside for now. I'm not sure we'll even get to it today. We may need a whole nother show on demand dividends. But today, let's focus on this structured exit. Again, a a venture capital firm will purchase the uh, stock and you will receive capital to grow your company. As you use that capital for things like marketing and sales and expanding your uh, markets and so on, you receive more revenues to your company. You use that capital to grow, usually for several years. And then as you receive the rewards of it, in other words, the gross revenues of your firm have significantly improved, you have in your agreement a thing that says, well, gee, your, your current monthly gross revenue is, I don't know, 15000 or 50000 or whatever. When you receive 100000 per month in gross revenue, that's when you'll pay us back. Now, you pay the venture capital firms fund back for the capital it lent you, essentially, using the uh, stock as a collateral, right? And again, the venture capital firm now owns the stock, just as it would in a standard VC arrangement, and you've got the capital and you've been using it to grow. Now, you've got much larger uh, monthly returns or monthly revenue on your, uh, you know, for your company, and you take a percentage of it an agreed upon percentage. So it could be say 10%, 15%, in some instances as much as 50%, right? Uh, think for example of, of um, a software company that has a very large gross margin or a, um, a gaming company, again, very large gross margins. Once you have paid for the development of the game and its initial launch and its marketing costs and so on, if it's adopted, right, and therein lies the risk, if it's well adopted, delivering one more game, two more games, 50 more games, 1,000 more games is actually fairly nominal. The whole thing resides on servers and people access it from around the world. Now, your gross margins are very large. You could even say, oh, I'm going to pay this back from 50% of gross margins till paid in full and we're done. That would be the kind of um, return where you say there's a limit on the amount of, uh, of uh, capital that the individual or the venture group will, uh, investors in other words, will get back, right? And that's what we talk about when we say equity mandatory redemptions, right? I can redeem the equity for cash 
on a structured basis that says every month that you're earning at least 100000 or more, you're going to pay me back, let's say, 20% gross online revenue, right? 20000 a month, you're going to pay it back. And you begin to buy back the stock again at an agreed upon price. I bought it, say, for a buck. Maybe the agreement says you're going to buy it back at two bucks or three bucks until it's all purchased, right? That's where these terms 2x and 3x come into play. Right? And we have seen that there are a number of companies out there, uh, venture capital firms, that are working on this kind of uh, process. Fledge, for example. Uh, Looney Liebes runs Fledge out of uh, Seattle, Washington, has been at it for, I don't know, six, seven years already, with um, incubators around the world funding folks who are u- way outside the usual uh, founder profile. Right, and he's funding things across the planet, solving some of the world's biggest problems, but with very tiny companies, a water problem, soil problems, things like that. Okay, now Fledge will invest X amount of dollars, somewhere around twenty thousand, even at the very earliest idea stages, and they will expect a three X return. You'll pay them back sixty thousand bucks. Right, so they're playing at the very early, you know, play in the mud stage. Other ones, Alternative Capital, Bigfoot, uh, let's see, Decathlon, Earnest, Flexible Cap Fund, all of these are capital funds. Right? Many of them, like the Master's Fund, operate at a different stage of the company, uh, first turn of revenue after you've had a number of months of revenue, all of that, but they all operate the same idea. You will pay them back a certain amount of capital that is more than what they lent you. And it's based on two things. The amount of time it's likely that you will pay them back. And it's not even likely. The amount of time it's going to take you to pay them back. And the amount of risk. In other words, the likelihood that you will be able to pay them back. Well, let's talk for a minute about uh, the um, biggest one in the field. We know them well, Lighter Capital, yep. um, who report that 99% of, all, of their investments are delivering returns to uh, their investors. Uh, I checked, and according to their website, uh, they've got 200 million invested in 350 mm-hmm. plus different companies with 650 rounds. So they're a big player in this, and they have mitigated their debt, as we've said many times in this show, by um, their threshold as a company has to have uh, 15,000 in monthly recurring revenues. Yeah, it's mitigating okay. their risk. Yeah. Uh, you, you had yeah. a slip there, but yeah. Sorry, did I say? Uh, yeah, I just just wanted to clarify for our Thank listeners. Thank you very it much. Happens. <laughs> we oops. all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some oops there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they do mitigate the risk um, by uh, determining that the company is already making some revenue. Yeah. So they want six months. Others want less. Others want more. That sort of thing. And then there are minimum amounts. I believe lighter capital starts if you're making fifteen thousand a month or more in gross revenues. Then they begin to engage with you. And they can, if you will, lend you some growth capital based on what you're already making. And you pay them back again from a percentage of gross online or gross sales, not necessarily gross online. Okay. So with all of these things, we get an idea of how the whole thing comes together. The first thing is you're selling stock and receiving capital to grow your company. The second thing is you decide how you're going to pay back that investor. You don't have to only do conventional venture capital, which says whenever we exit, you get you know your percentage and so on. In general, if you have such a happy exit, if you will, right, you're paying them back 10x, even 100x, 400x more, right? 
as I keep saying, the most expensive capital you'll ever receive. You have yeah. an option to have, if you will, a lower barrier to entry, far more likely to get this capital, and not to have the conventional venture capital uh, players have a seat on your board. You don't have to sell your company. You don't have to force going public. You can pay back the investors and continue on your way. Well, right? before we go to break, there's just one more um exemplar of this I'd like to bring up, which is uh, Kim Folson's Founders First Capital Partners. And the na name says it all, Founders First. Um, and you could take that in several inflections, I think. But uh, she's got $100 million in committed capital, and she it, it's revenue-based uh, contracts for small businesses of up to $5 million. And so, so we're thinking Main Street, not Sand Hill Road. There's a big difference, you know, and as far as building up local economies and creating prosperity, I have to think that the work that these companies are doing um, will go a long way towards that. I would agree on all counts. Yeah. And with that, let's take a break for our sponsors. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. We are so glad you joined us. Uh, in the last segment, Jillian, we were talking about structured exits and why they're important and why they serve really building prosperity in so many important ways, especially these days. Uh, so what can we say to wrap this up? I know one of my questions was this concept was uh, first, I think, kind of mentioned in 2015 by an attorney here in Philly named mm -hmm. uh, Gitlin. And he said, and this is something I know that you can get your head into. Uh, it's very hard for companies and investors to get into a new mode of thinking. Yes, I would agree. Dum, da, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I keep saying the same thing, you know, and um, venture capital serves a very small sliver of companies exceedingly well. 
and a very small sliver of investors exceedingly well. The problem is not venture capital. The problem is that we have not until recently um, had broader funding models that serve a broader group of companies. In order to have the stability of an economy in which people will continue to be employed, we have to serve the 88% of the companies here in the United States and around the world, right, that are privately held and employ the most people on the planet. These are the companies that provide the, the big base of the triangle for um, uh, economies, right? It's not just the few of the monster players. Yes, we, you know, they employ a lot of people, but across the board, it's this 88%, right, of the privately held mid-sized corporations, not tiny ones, not SMBs, right? Massive corporations have a space, tiny SMBs have a space. Those guys in the middle, they're the ones that always get locked out of the game. And that's the problem. As you noted not too long ago, Anne, in 44 years, we have never had so many, uh, so few rather, startups. And that's not post-pandemic numbers. This is from late 2019. You were learning this when we were in Washington, D.C. That's right. And what I, what struck me as I ponder that is we have the lowest rate of entrepreneurship in 44 years. And at the same time, we look at the large conventional venture capital firms who keep investing in the really big things that they need to, but they have had no mechanisms. So mm -hmm. one of the other things Attorney Gitland said five years ago was uh, that there are no more downsides to structured exits than, than traditional investing. Well, call me crazy, but I say getting my money out half the time out in half the time reliably and building a profitable company, I call that way more upside than yes. traditional <laughs> equity funding. He's right. right. Um, in truth, it does have significantly lower risks, and that's why we look at lower returns. It has lower costs to operate. Um, it doesn't have to have lower costs to operate, but we've elected to, for example, at the Master's Fund, have significantly lower cost of operations. We don't have fancy offices and receptionists and, and you know, staff what, and no so on No corporate so jet? <laughs> I know. I know. We'll work on that next yeah, time, yeah, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, next right. lifetime. In the meantime, <laughs> though, uh, the goal is not to become, uh, if you will, that, that fabulously wealthy billion dollar, you know, exit, uh, you know, receiver and so on. That's a different risk class. What we're building is something that consistently returns between two and four or maybe five, if we're lucky, right, X returns on investments. Now, 2X, brilliant, easy, simple, short-term, the risks are very low, and that's why we say to an, uh, an entrepreneur, a 2x return. 3x, we're in taking on increased risk. Might take longer for the investor, uh, the entrepreneur to return the loan, if you will, which is collateralized now by these uh, pieces of stock, to, if you will, buy back in a structured form, hence the word structured exit, right, or mandatory redemptions, right, to redeem them on a mandatory schedule. It might take them longer. So time is both a risk factor and, of course, a tie-up factor. You can't use the capital to do anything else. you got to leave it right where it is. Therefore, all the returns you make on that capital have to be made by this one investment. 3x. Now you get to 4x, 5x. It's riskier. 
it might not work. Uh, you know, the expansion might not be good. Who knows? The product might get competitors too quickly. All of those kinds of things, right? But when we make a bet on a venture debt, which is the structured exit concept, right? It's a piece of venture debt. Rather than venture equity, we ask a different question. With venture equity, you ask, gee, can this company, can this team take me to the finish line? Can this company return 100x or more? Can it make a sale or an IPO that will make explosive returns to my portfolio? And the other question you ask if you're uh, doing venture debt is, gee, this company's launching a new product. It needs capital in order to do so. Can this product launch or product expansion, whatever it is, can this company afford to pay back this loan in the agreed upon time frame? We're making a bet on products and venture equity is making a bet on the entire company's final success. One event, a sale or IPO, at the end of the whole game, right? Far less risk with venture debt, so far lower expectations of the ROI. But for consistent 2 to 4x ROI, look for venture debt. It's not a bad return on investment. It is commensurate with the risk of the asset class. It beats putting it in the bank where you'll get almost nothing, but it's very far from FDIC insured. Know the risks, know the assets, know the questions you're asking, and make a choice. And with that, we are out of time yet again. I don't know how this happens, Julia. We just got to keep going. And I think maybe in a future one, we might actually get David Gitlin to come in and tell us what's happened the last five years since he first said those things. I would uh, love to have David join us. We will work on that. So that's a wrap for this episode of VC Confidential. We invite you to join us each week for a new episode as we take a deep dive into the opaque world of venture capital and share learnings and ideas on the inner workings of the shrouded corner of business finance known as venture capital. We'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take our chance on our new show, VC Confidential. You can listen to future shows right here on WMR.FM and in your Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. You will find all our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. You can find out more about us at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.